welcome to the Make It A Great Day movement. You're in the right place if you're here for the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, the Suicide Prevention Show. We are super happy that you're joining us. We are on a mission to make suicide a thing of the past and to help us do that and to help us understand the journey. Our next speaker is Carrie Spring. Carrie is one of the most loving, giving, caring people I have ever met. And I'm going to let her share her story because I think it's an important one. Oh, and I did it again. I forgot to turn my video on first. There we go. Just proof you don't have to be perfect to be the host of the show. Okay, Carrie, please. There we go. I was going to say, find your camera. Come on in. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm great. Love that pink and purple. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Ah, so did you enjoy going on the baby elephant walk with us? Absolutely. It's always a journey. It's always a journey. It so is. I'm excited to be here today and I, I thank you for allowing me to come and share my story and I hope that it will um, help others in, in their journey um, depending on what, where they're at in their journey and um, hopefully we can say make suicide in the past. Um, part of my um, journey um, is my son, in fact, just this past week, it was the seventh anniversary of his passing. And, you know, a loss of a child is just an unspeakable trauma. It doesn't matter how it comes about. I just think that suicide is one of those um, ways that is just with so many questions left hanging and, and unexplainable things that you will never get answers to and you just have to learn to cope with and deal with. And, and so, you know, I'm excited to be here and share how we've overcome the trauma of losing our son and a little bit of his story um, and our journey after um, losing him to kind of put in perspective, not only um, if it's happened, you can go on with life. And the worst thing that could happen is to follow in the same path someone you love has chosen to take. Um, but to also really just um, speak life into people that maybe are on the edge. Because the common theme would be, well, they thought they were better off gone. And that is the worst thing that you could ever think. Because everybody has a perfect a purpose here on earth and everybody is loved and everybody um everybody is i love how the last one summed it up i, I just keep growing over that is is just being loved and wanted here on earth and if you think you're not loved um find someone who truly values who you are because you are valued by someone um, so I just want to start out with kind of throwing that off, bouncing off of our last speaker, because that is just so important um, as we go in. Um, do you just want me to jump into my story? Yeah, just jump into your story. I think that, one, I don't think you need a lot of help from me. <laughs> okay. So feel free. I just okay. let you just go. All right. So um, my son, uh, Gregory, he... He was 17 at the time of his passing, but backing up to a little bit about um, what he experienced in life is he was born without his processing link. And uh, most people might not think that's a big deal, but if you learn one way 
um, it was very difficult for him to learn and, and repetition became his way of learning. And, and we worked it out. We just believed in him. We never thought much of it. Um, and he became a very good student through school. And then in second grade, he was diagnosed with Tourette's. It was a milder case of it, but with the tics and you know some of the different things when, um, when he was nervous or uh, different scenarios that you put him in, the tics would increase. Um, and of course, with tics comes bullying. And the bullying would increase and, and over the years, um, you know, you always have those few kids that will never stop the bullying. And for my son, um, that ended up being um, the worst for him. Um, you know, at home, we thought that we were handling it. We tried to um, explain to him that it was just a temporary thing that people would grow up. And as you, as you grew up, um, you know, it would lessen and you had to believe in yourself. We believed in him. God believed in him and just to ignore the bullies. Um, but one day when it was really tough, um, he chose, um, and, and it was June 17th and it happened that year to be the day after Father's Day of just um, not thinking he could take it anymore and, and he took his own life. And through that, um, we not only discovered just how bad the bullying was, but how much a child could cover up pain from his loved ones. And that was something that if we could go back and recognize signs, we may have been able to pick a few out, but this totally blindsided us. So what we have been on a mission since this, you know, since we went through our grieving process and, and really um, came to, to learn more about it is be an advocate to not only recognize the signs, but to really be proactive in making sure people don't choose suicide as their option. And one of our, um, one of our quotes that we just love is, is never choose a permanent solution for a temporary problem. And we use that um, even in the scholarship we've created in memory of him um, to persevere through all situations, but to never choose that, choose that permanent solution for a temporary problem. And what we love about that scholarship is we hit the trades, you know, so it's not your, and, and there's nothing wrong about being a doctor or lawyer and all those great things, but a, a child with a disability or a child like my son who could do anything with his hands. He, he made a bat on a lathe at 10 years old with no directions. Um, people didn't offer scholarships or say that's a great career to go into, but we could honestly not live without people in trades. So it kind of a, a, is a double, a, a double positive for these students. So in, in seeing what my son went through, seeing what his friends went through, um, it happened right as finals were happening and seeing how his friends have grieved even on Wednesday on the anniversary of still getting together. Um, and and in, instead of grieving now, we celebrate his life. Um, and it changes your mindset to a positive mindset out of a negative situation. Um, so today I'd really like to share how we came from such a place of grief and not understanding to how to overcome it as both parents. And um, he had a sister, Julianne, who's um, very, doing very well today and, and has really been a overcomer. Um, and I believe that whether you 
prevent one or you were in a situation where it's happened, you don't need to make that same poor choice. So um, one thing that I really want to make sure, and Jackie, keep time because I could probably talk forever on this, but so kind of, kind of keep me going on how things go. Got your back on that. Go. Okay, it. perfect. So, um, you know, when death takes place, and this does not matter if it's a suicide or, a, you know, just a natural death or, or whatever the scenario is, there are going to be emotions that take place. I just found that with suicide and talking with several parents and just different people that there, some of the emotions are a little stronger because of the unknown. Um, you know, so you're gonna, you're gonna deal with denial, you're gonna deal with disbelief and confusion and sadness and shock and anger and guilt. And, and you have to take these emotions and process them. It is healthy to process them as long as you are not processing them in a negative manner. And, and what I mean by that is, is if you're processing them by going and drinking and getting drunk every night, that is a negative behavior. But if you're choosing to pick an activity and say, like my husband, for example, he grieved in one manner and I was totally in a different direction on how I felt comfortable. He loved to go to the woods where we found our son and just be there like present with him where I found it more comforting to just be in my own room together and just really be um, having time to myself and, and asking questions to God and just really trying to absorb and take information in. And while both those were heavy things, you know, heavy situations and very different, what we didn't do was question each other about why we were grieving in that manner. We supported each other and gave that space. And, and that gave us a lot, of, a lot of the time to really see our emotions and then come together and talk about where our conclusions came and hey, I felt this way today because of this. And it gave that open means of communications between a husband and a wife. And then we could go together in a united front and help our daughter through it without starting on a, um, a confronting basis because we might not have agreed how we felt. Um, so we became um, unified in everything we did through that. So just, I just really want to emphasize, allow yourself to feel the emotion because those emotions are real. And even on Wednesday, some of those emotions were still there because he was my son. That will never change. How much I loved him will never change. How much that I, I, I put into his life will never change. And, and um, so that, that was just something that you need to be good at be really good at is being patient with a, with a spouse or a sibling or whatever the case may be and to feel those emotions. And I will say this, um, I think the most important emotion or thing that you need to do if, if suicide does happen in your family is to forgive the person who committed the act. And this was the hardest thing that everyone um, in my family had to do is forgive Greg because ultimately it was a choice he made. And so you had to not only recognize it, but you had to forgive him. And the day we came to that conclusion and worked through our emotions to come to that point and make that recognition of that and to forgive Greg, openly forgive Greg, we had a weight lifted off our shoulders because then we could go to the next stage of grieving, knowing that we couldn't change it. We couldn't go back to yesterday. We couldn't bring him back but we, we couldn't be angry with him anymore because we forgave him. 
So I, I really encourage you if you're in that situation. And I would even say if he were here today and didn't succeed, I think forgiveness would be just as important. And it probably would be the thing to, to save that person from ever wanting to attempt again, because they would feel that, that love and support through anything that you do in the future. So those, those, that is just something really big on emotions. The next thing I really want to get into is some of the unanswered questions. And, and I believe that this applies both on a successful suicide and on an attempt that maybe um, people won't talk about after the fact. You know, if they attempt it, don't make it, or they're in a state where they can't speak about it, I think these unanswered questions still hang around. And, and sometimes I find myself even going to them, but I can never allow myself to go back and say, what if? Because it will haunt you forever. And you can't change it, so there's no sense in saying, what if? But one question that popped up very quickly is, why did this happen? And this is only natural for a parent to ask. I mean, you look for self-blame, confusion, anger, shame. You know, it's a struggle for a parent who gave everything to their child. You, you took them to the doctor. You made sure they did their homework. You made sure they were successful um, in every activity they did, whether it was sports, whether it was school, whether it was at work. Um, no matter what age it was, you were always supporting them. So trying to find a reason why is natural. But some point you have to come to the conclusion to say i did my best as a parent i used every ability that i had and i did my best as a parent and and to be able to just lay that down and move forward because that is exactly what god gave you the ability to do is your best and you did everything that you could do um, the other thing that we really struggle is how did I miss it? Because like for us that I told you about is it was a complete shock. We had dealt with bullies. We had dealt with um, his struggles in school and gotten him the help he needed. You know, every time, you know, something, he was very open to talk to us about those type of things. So for us, it was just like, we had never even thought that suicide was even something that went through his mind. It never made any sense to us. Um, so seeing some signs of potential risk can be life-saving. But the reality is people and the younger people, the younger generations have so much opportunity to hide it. Whether it's an app on a phone, whether it's um, just closing off and, and being so busy that they just pass you in the crossing and don't have dinner with you to make sure their schedule is so filled that they're basically just seeing you in the morning before they go off or and coming home late at night and you just maybe say hi and bye and, and that's it and not wanting to give you time. Um, and, and that just, it, it just makes it harder to identify because of the way we interact as families and the busyness of our lives, which I think COVID just changed a little bit, but normal life is that's that's reality of it and um you know i think that through this advocacy what i love about it is it's exposing some of those um risks that are out there because we're finding some of those signs that are a little more common than we once recognized before and you can see um, depression and unhappiness that were used to be masked in ways that we wouldn't have recognized they're becoming a little more evident, especially when more of us that have experienced something come together to try to put suicide in the past because um, we will search and search to find a way. 
And so um, please lean in, if anything, lean in to find those signs and those risks so that um, we all can save lives. Because um, it's my prayer that there's never another suicide, period. Um, so, um, and the, the third question, and this is kind of bounces off the last one is, man, I was getting help. Why did they still do it? You know, we, we went to the doctors, we were doing this, we were doing that. Um, you know, and this kind of applies a little bit to mental illness a lot of times when it, when it causes because then there's medications involved and um, other difficulties that come or a child with disabilities, you know, there's other, you know, you're doctoring, you're, you're working around those disabilities and whether it's an aid in school or whatever severity is, you were getting help. You were getting help to, to take care of the problem that was um, maybe giving that child a struggle or feeling their worth was less or their self-esteem was lower providing an opportunity where kids were being bullied or not bullied or whatever, you know, whatever the scenario was, you were getting help. You were doing your job as a parent. Um, and you can say, I did everything possible for my child, but why did they do it anyways? Why did they do it anyways? And there again, you know, I'm just going to come back to that phrase is as a parent, you have to come to the point and say, I did my best as a parent especially if you're in a position where we're in because you can't go back and change it and you can't go back and bring it back but what you can do is change the way you go in the future and and for me and my husband getting involved in things like this and changing lives of others and helping others see what maybe we didn't see is one way that you can change the future um the other thing that the and, and some people will We'll look at this as, as a positive, and some people will just look at this as shame, but the stigma associated with suicide. And I wanna tell you right now, don't let a stigma stop you. Because, and, and I say it in a way of both as a parent of losing a son to suicide, but I also say it to you of someone of knowing people who have attempted and just been friends and not succeeded and being too embarrassed to talk about it because they're afraid that everybody will, oh, there's the suicidal woman or what, whatever. Can it, don't worry about a stigma. Reach out for help because there is a far greater judgment if you continue to do the behavior or if you succeed than there is about any stigma or label that could be put upon you. Don't let a stigma stop you from getting help. Stigma means nothing. And as a parent, you can put any label on me, but it's never going to stop me from fighting against having another child choose to make a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Um, some coping strategies and, and um, you know, I, we talked in the beginning about different things that you can do um, to get through your emotions. And, you know, I, I look at healthy coping uh, strategies in a couple different ways. Um, because this is kind of like a little bit further down the road, maybe, you know, after the initial shock and everything happens. And, and sometimes people just like pull themselves away. Like they don't want anything to do with anybody. And then you'll have some people that want people to call them and do anything and all their friends don't show up or call. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a, there's like a line that people don't know which way to go. Um, so some of the things that, that, that I want to share right now are for both, both whether you're the family that suffered the loss or you're the friends or um, the relatives that want to know what to do 
for that family and how to act. Um, and one of the things that I would do is really just keep in touch with them. You know, whether you reach out, whether you stop by and just sit there and watch TV with them and let them give them the opportunity that they want to talk great. If they just want somebody there and present with them, um, you know, drop off a dinner so they don't have to worry about cooking. Just be present. The worst thing you can do is pull yourself away and leave them with nobody because you don't know what to say. If you don't yeah. know what to say, at least be there physically for them. And you can either, you could just say something simple like, you know, is there anything I can get you at the store? Hey, would you like to watch this movie? Can I come over and sit, sit with you for a little bit? You, you do not need to say anything cliche. You don't need to say anything um, that you don't understand. Let them be the pathway to leading you in the conversation that they need you for. Because I am telling you, we need people to surround us when something like this happens. So don't, don't show your distance because what it makes people feel like is that they aren't loved when you need to be loved the most. So that is, that is a huge thing that I wanna make sure that people understand on either side. Um, and also grieve your way. You know, we spoke about, you know, there's no right, no wrong way unless it includes self-harm. That's the only wrong way. Um, you know, so that's, that's a huge thing. Be prepared for celebrations, okay? There's the first of the whole year, it's, it's the toughest. And not that like this year wasn't harder, but when, you, when you're dealing the first, you're dealing with a new normal. Anniversaries, holidays, special occasions, they're gonna be painful because it's different. You have one less person there. You, you know, for him, his birthday was uh, December 30th. So Christmas was the highlight. And then he knew whatever he didn't get, his birthday was right around the corner. You know, so it's, it's a, you know, there's gonna be things that, and we knew we always took down the Christmas tree so that his birthday wouldn't be so, you know, Christmas fine. So it's gonna be change. But how are you going to do the change? Are you going to do it with bringing out the photo albums, writing memories? I'll even give you an example we did. The first Christmas, we stuck a stocking on our front porch and we sent a message out to his friend saying, put your fondest memory in of Greg. And if you have a little gift that goes with it that, that shows a symbol of what he meant to you, that stocking got full and we laughed some of the notes in there of the memories that they had of our son and it became a time of celebration for his life and we just you know randomly put it out because we were trying to figure out how do we help these kids get through Christmas and his birthday because we knew they were hurting and instead it blessed us too mm -hmm. and those are just some things that you can do you might pull out a photo album I did a scrapbook for both my husband's parents and and um, my parents and and his um, and just a couple relatives that just summed up his life. They can always reflect on it. Just some ideas that there's, prepare yourself. Don't just all of a sudden get shocked by, uh-oh, it's a holiday and we got one empty seat. Um, and don't rush yourself, okay? You know, losing a child to suicide is a parent's worst nightmare. And the healing is going to occur in different places, depending on your circumstances, your family dynamics, uh, the support you have it's going to be different for everybody. So if somebody just comes in and says, hey, get over it and moved on, that's not right. You need to do what you need to do, whether you're with a counselor that's guiding you or a physician that's guiding you, but you have a right to do it at your own pace.
expect setbacks. There, I could be in the middle of doing an activity and all of a sudden it'll hit me because it was his favorite thing to do or I'll remember something that, you know, he did that just makes me laugh so hard. And then all of a sudden I'll have tears in my eyes because I'll remember doing so much with him and that. So you're gonna have those setbacks. And I look at them now as just God revealing to me that it's all okay. He's in heaven and it's all okay. And Greg just wanted me to remind her that he's, he's looking down on us. And, and it, you know, and it, it gets better over time in those aspects because we just laugh now. I mean, we have so many funny memories of him. So, you know, expect those setbacks, but bounce back quickly from it, you know, because you're going to have reasons. And, and most importantly, have a support group. Have a support group. And whether that group is a a set support group with an organization that's already set out that has, you know, proven strength and people of, of some like the ifs or a group of friends that, you know, understands suicide as a whole. Or for me, um, you know, I found it in my church. I found it with another couple who, who had lost a child, not necessarily suicide, but had lost a child. And we found the most comfort in that. Um, I call it the club that nobody wants to belong to, but <laughs> it's what supported us through. And, you know, it's so funny when you find that support group that even seven years later, I can send a text and just say, that's a tough one. I don't have to say anymore. They're praying. They know what we're saying. They'll send something back. They might send a smiley face. They might send a picture that'll make you laugh or a meme or whatever. And it's what gets you through the day. So find that support group that works for you. And, and um, you know, Above all else, this is what I'd like to end it on. Know that you're not alone. Um, there's help available. And you too can persevere and be known as an overcomer. So never choose to make a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Thank you so much, Carrie, for being willing to share all of that. You know, you're right. We don't know what other people are going through. We don't know how other people are going to need to grieve. We don't know what's going to be important. It's just important to know, to be willing to ask, to be willing to be with someone. Because the societal norms, the family culture that we were um, living in that we were you know part of that that prevented conversations things that were uncomfortable were not talked about and that's my side of the family my husband at the time side of the family it was simply this was what it was this was the rules and rewriting those rules you know it took us a long time so giving yourself permission to write new rules, giving yourself permission to be happy in the fact that they existed in your life, to embrace whatever it is that comes, because that's part of our mission, to help people imagine a day when whatever comes at you in the world is met with equal parts awareness, especially awareness of your emotional state, and acceptance. So that we're not spending, spending even a nanosecond arguing with the reality. 
That's a great gift. That's a great gift. So speaking of gifts, Katie took care of posting into the chat box for everyone your gift, the Survivor's Guide for Parents. And for those who haven't grabbed it yet, it's a bit.ly link. If you're listening to this on the podcast, the bit.ly is bit.ly forward slash TSPS dash 12. So Teen Suicide Prevention Society dash 12, TSPS. And that's a guide for parents who have lost a child and specifically a child to suicide. But you mentioned something really key, Carrie, and that's the fact that no matter how you lose a child, there's a space that's going to need a community to hold. And we're never gonna understand someone else's pain. No matter if we've lost a child and they've lost a child, even if they were both from the same outside cause, the internal grieving process is gonna be different, just like it was for you and your husband. What else do people need to know about this journey? You know, one of the gifts that um, I was giving through my support group um, that, that I recognized that another person had is I wanted to find the way to live joyfully again and and to not feel shame for it to you know because i knew with my faith that that was something that god would want for us because and i also felt that if i didn't find that joy again that i would end up beside him you know because i didn't when i had a daughter that deserved to have a mother and a father here um she deserved that and so one of the things that i began doing is figuring out a way to get up every day and have a positive mindset and so i have really really um, dug deep into finding a way of every day. And I have a morning routine and an evening routine of a positive mindset. And, What's the routine? Okay. So, so, and, and it's, you know, arise is one of my, my acronyms that I use, but you know, in the morning, you know, I rise at the same time roughly every day. And, you know, when I get up every day, um, I find that when I was, you know, sleeping in that kind of stuff, that things weren't getting done. I wasn't feeling great. I was getting lazy and stuff. But when I start getting up every single day at the same time, uh, it begins a routine. It begins a commitment. It begins to really um, provide commitment and consistency in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then um, reading for the R, reading, and that can be whether it's a book, whether it's devotions, whether it's a Bible, whatever it is, is reading something every morning. And it does not have to be long. It can be five minutes, 10 minutes, but it's something that you enjoy. So it starts to just get your mind moving, get, get things moving a little bit. Um, and then um, I, the I, imagining an inward look at yourself. And, and this one is a little bit more complicated, but you know, I, I have this thing that every month I look at a sheet that I wrote out of, the inward look at myself is, what's my relationship like with my husband? What's my relationship like with my, with my daughter? Um, what are my finances look like? What does my spiritual health look like? What does my um, physical health look like? And, and, you know, and I just break down all these areas and I'm honest with myself. The only one that sees this piece of paper is me. And so if I take that honest look and then I look at it in a month, I look like, okay, where did I improve? Where did I, you know, where did I go backwards a little bit? Where do I, you know, where do I need to make adjustments? 
And, you know, over time with that, it's amazing with a positive mindset that there's very little adjustment because you're moving forward and you're always positive. Um, so, so that, you know, I kind of really take a self-examination and inward look at myself, but I always set goals with that, with that imagine. I'm always setting goals for myself of what I want to accomplish. And, you know, this would even be one of those things. I wanted to get involved, more involved in doing things. So this was something I imagined and now I've accomplished it. So one of my lists has changed a little bit. So, um, and, and, and S, silence and scribing. And what I love about this is whether you meditate, whether it's prayer time, whether you just find a room where it's quiet for 15, 20 minutes, it could be an hour. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes. You find a silent place and you do your thing that you're comfortable with. And then when you're done with that silence, scribe down what you just thought. And my, my rule of thumb is scribe down three positive things about you, about what you're doing, about your job, something in life. There's got to be three positive things. And it can be, I woke up that day. I mean, it can be that simple in life. Um, and what you will find yourself is you're going to want to write down a hundred things. And, and when you're writing these things down, I will encourage you, have a journal that you can keep and look back because what you will notice is over time, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And if you have a bad day, go back and look at a day that was really great. And then you'll start to just reaffirm yourself, reaffirm. Um, and E exercise, and I know a lot of people look at this as, oh man, I'm not going to the gym. I am not doing that, man. I am not in shape. I'm too old for that. I'm too whatever for that. Um, you know, I got lazy from this in a while, and I was always, you know, in shape. You know, I used to work for UPS and, you know, just run, 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 run. But I don't care if you walk to the mailbox and back five times. It doesn't matter what form of exercise. If you don't get your body moving first thing in the morning, I mean, literally with some intent of exercising, you lose focus, you lose that concentration, and it really does affect your mental mind state. So even if you get up in the morning and literally can do 10 jumping jacks before you get in the shower, you will notice that you will feel better because you did something, and then you will get into your 15, 20, 30-minute routine and you know, three, four, five days a week, and then you will notice as your body feels better, you'll want to do it more. And, and it, it sounds like, oh, probably scary right now with those. But I'm telling you, if you can commit to 30 days and be consistent and intentional about doing some kind of uh -huh. uh, morning positive mindset activity, and you can cater it to what works for you, um, depending on your work schedule and stuff, but be intentional and consistent you will see your life change. You will see that you went from something, you may have gotten up, but, oh, I gotta go back to work again. And then all of a sudden it's like, I get to go to work today. Your mindset will change that way because you just don't think of things negatively like you used to. Well, do I see other some things that, yeah, but my overall outlook on my day is positive and I live joyfully today and every day. So I, that I recommend it for anybody. And, and, and you know what? It'll change your business. It'll change your job. It'll change your home. It'll change every atmosphere that you're in in life when you're positive. That's true. There, there is no substitute for it. It is an amazing thing that happens. And I cannot agree more. This is just the moment of saying, all right, people, what's in the way? What's in the way? We've taken you on a journey through what's wrong, what's good, what you can do, what you might want to question yourself about. 
we've taken you on this journey, Carrie, and you've done a very amazing job because you were like worried you were going to talk too much and you brought all of that in in 30 minutes. I am super impressed. As a speaker, that was content. Okay, so now let's unpack it. What's in the way of you applying what Carrie has shared? So if you're watching this live, you got a question, pop it in. You got a willingness to share what's in the way of you applying what Carrie has brought up, pop it into the chat. If you are watching this as a recording, put a comment below. This is your show. This is the Suicide Prevention Show. Your job is to reach out, let us know where you could use a little more support. That's your job. Your job is to share these big pardon me, share these videos, share this experience with other people. Subscribe to the channel. This will be up on its own YouTube channel, the Make It A Great Day Movement YouTube. And so make sure that if you're watching this there, put a comment, click the bell, ring that bell, and, and subscribe so that you get the updates. We're very, very certain that if you're willing to come on this journey with us together, we can make suicide a thing of the past. And right now, it's a thing. It's not just a thing in the world. It's not just a thing in our country or your state. It's a thing in your neighborhood, in your kid's school, and maybe even in your own home. We wanna make sure it's a thing of the past. So participate, this is a society, this is a movement. Everybody's invited to play. And Carrie, I cannot thank you enough for coming and sharing your story and all of these things you have created. Now, I just wanna tell people, the gift, the suicide guide, the survivor's guide for parents, this is on a bit.ly link, it's in the show notes, bit.ly slash PSPS-12 and the entire ARISE program, this whole thing written out for you all so that you have a guide to follow is part of the VIP package. So this is Sherry's gift, pardon me, this is Carrie's gift, I'm getting ahead of myself with my mouth. This is Carrie's gift to all of you who said yes, that you want more, that you want more of this content, you want more help with the speakers, you want more interaction with them and the very inspiring people like you guys are, very inspiring people lounge. And that you want to be part of the mission to make suicide a thing of the past. So cannot ask for more than you all who have stepped up. We are so incredibly grateful. And for that, you're going to arise every day with Carrie. It doesn't get much better than that, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we are almost to the end of our time. So Carrie, unmute for just a second, because you're very good at this. You, you kept some experience, I get it. But what do you wish I had asked? Oh, I, you know, I, um, I don't know. I, I think that you've pretty much covered, I think that you've really covered things um, cover things well. I'm not sure if there's one thing that I wish I could ask. Um, I would just highly just encourage people to um, find their joy where they're at. Oh, there you go. 
find their value both in themselves and others because if you find the value in others others will reaffirm you with the value they see in you and so as you know going forward um find your joy there we go find your joy and it is about going forward you know you you touched upon it several times you actually really put it in a nice tight box there is nothing about the past that you can change so dwelling there makes no sense dwell where you can affect change come in to the present and move forward bringing with you what was so good what was so good about the life you had and i'm going to make this a little personal a little broad because while not everyone has lost a child not everyone has faced a child who tried to die not everyone has been on that road we have all lost something and if that wasn't true before the current pandemic world it is certainly true now we have all lost something in our lives this is not about suicide specifically though it is this is as broad as you want to make it where in your life do you have something that you have not grieved where are you pulling the past into the present and wondering why you're not moving into the future this is about letting that journey complete so that when you're here you're here and so thank you carrie for bringing us all on this journey with you you're welcome i hope you all have a great rest of your day oh we make it a great day here that's why we're the make it a great day <laughs> <laughs>